so often when we become parents, we know that our children are our biggest growth opportunities. They will trigger us left, right, and center. They will bring up our own wounding of when oh, we're kids. Yeah. The, stuff that we, the stuff that we swore we'd never do because our parents did it to us, then we suddenly start doing it and we're like, where did that word come out of my, like, how did that come out of my mouth? I sound like my mother or my father. Welcome to the Sisterhood Club podcast, where we talk all things business, Web3, and NFTs. We're on a mission to educate, elevate, and empower women into the world of Web3. So join us on this journey as we learn together from leading experts. And remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So please do your own research and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood Club podcast with myself, Georgie Hubbard, and me, Pam Caldwell. So yeah, <laughs> Pam is back with us today. She's taken a little bit of a break, uh, obviously, to look after her brand new baby, Sky. And uh, the best part of this is we're about to talk to Erica, who is one of our incredible educators on the Sisterhood platform, who has a course on conscious parenting. So Pam, had to be here today she's got her notepad at the ready because I'm sure she's got quite a few questions for Erica but <laughs> Pam amazing to have you back today you're literally you're breastfeeding right this second doing a podcast <laughs> there's a visual for everyone I mean you're absolute superwoman so how are you feeling about doing this podcast today yeah great no I'm super excited to be to be back in the the podcast studio and yeah I couldn't miss this one with with you today Erica I I actually do I'm like uh we usually try to get them to 30 to 40 minutes but have you got about an hour and a half two hours to chat <laughs> I've got lots of questions but no I'm really excited to be here and how beautiful that I can bring my brand new daughter along on the journey with us absolutely well i'm just going to do a really quick introduction so everyone knows who we're chatting with today uh because i'm very excited about this one so today as i said we've got one of our incredible educators erica elmutz today erica is passionate about awakening souls to the magic of who they are they're, what they're here to do and how to live the life they were designed to live. Erica's awakening began when she personally experienced her own healing of an incurable disease, which ignited a passion for sharing with others the incredible possibilities of the human body and its ability to heal itself. Erica, I am so excited today that this conversation could go in so many different directions because you're such an incredible woman. But let's just kick off with a little bit of an overview about who you are and uh, what's brought you here today to have this conversation with Pam and I. Over to you. Well, I just want to thank both of you for having me today. I've been really looking forward to this conversation and even more special that Sky gets to join us because I swear she's bringing such a gorgeous brand new light-filled energy to this space like as soon as you introduced her I got the biggest chills so I just feel Aww, like so I feel so honored that she's able to be here for this and I think she's going to lend a beautiful um energy to this conversation oh yeah <laughs> absolutely so yeah talk to us a little bit about you know who you are obviously when we first spoke we kicked off because obviously had a course on conscious parenting and I think that you know, we, in our community, there's a lot of mums, a lot of new mums, a lot of mums with teenage daughters, teenage sons. So what sort of got you interested in that space first and foremost? Well, anytime I get asked the question, first off of, can you explain what you are or who you are or what you do? And I go, I don't even know where to begin. So I think just like many of us on our 
on our journeys of evolving into who we're supposed to be. My my journey has been in multiple facets. So I've been, um, you know, I started off in the business world and then I went back to school and became a naturopath and I started a practice where I was helping people with physical ailments because like you said in the intro, I, I personally was healed of an incurable disease. Um, and to me that ignited a real passion about the possibility of, you know, our, the, the, not only the power of our, 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 our physical bodies, but the power of the spirit and the soul. And at the time, I had a brand new daughter. She was a year old when I went back to school and I started my practice. So naturally, I was very passionate about the parenting conversation. And I was personally, you know, raising her in a way that was simply just, you know, I, I, however my heart was calling me to. But what I found very strongly in my um, client sessions was so often, and we know any sort of physical disease begins with, an emotional or spiritual discord. And if we never address it, our the signal of our bodies amplifies more and more until we end up eventually developing physical symptoms. So while I had my practice where I was helping people with their physical ailments, very quickly I discovered and understood how the, the, the importance of the emotional journey. And I thought to myself, like, wow, if I can help people parent their children in a way where I don't have to unwind all this stuff later when they come to me in their 30s and 40s and 50s, then we're going to have a leg up here. Because that's how my my personal health ailment, uh, my, my personal diagnosis shifted was it, it, it started with an emotional imprint on my physical body. So to me, that ignited a passion where I was kind of combining both. And I was just naturally raising my daughter. She's now, you know, about to be a senior in high school. She's a lot older now. But um, to me, my my true passion was helping nurture these beautiful souls that come to us, um, pure, clean, with a very specific purpose. And oftentimes, as parents, you know, if we're gifted one of these incredible children that is here to do major, beautiful work on the planet, it's almost like they come to us souls that are ready to to nurture them to be the best of who they're supposed to be, not who we want them to be, not who we think society wants them to be, but what are what are these souls here to do, accomplish, and how can I most nurture them? And that's why, you know, I named my parenting program Cultivating Conscious Children, because it's not about me shaping her. It's about me cultivating who she is naturally. So that's that's how I kind of got into this field. And now I've evolved into more stuff, but we're talking about parenting today. So that's um, that's how that pretty much began and evolved. And now I'm finding in my work, now that I've helped a lot of people with their own soul growth journey and come into sacred partnerships and unions, the parenting conversation is resurfacing now in a much more powerful way. Mm. 100%. That is just such a beautiful way that you've framed that out. And I think that is such an important concept to allow your child to be who they want to be and not to try and shape them into something that, that you want them to be or, or want them to do and just really embracing their little personalities. And, um, you know, for example, my, my eldest daughter, Emily, she's six years old and she's 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 not shy, but sometimes in group scenarios, she just clams up and... I'm almost like, get in there, like, you know, go have fun. And, you know, I started off trying to just like give it a little nudge 
into yep. these group situations and she would just completely break down. And I thought, what am I doing? You know, if, if she chooses to just sort of step back and watch and, you know, enter these group situations when she feels ready, that's really what I should be supporting. Um, so it, it is, it's just like such an interesting, um, it's it's just, parenting is just such a journey and there's so much to unpack about what you just said. You have framed it out so beautifully. But for, for people that are listening, I think we just assume that every everyone is aware of the concept of conscious parenting uh, but for some people it might be um, very new so how yep. would you describe conscious parenting how would you summarize it how would you you know frame it out to people that are fairly new to the phrase con- um, conscious parenting so I, I think the simplest way to really look at it is being very intentional and deliberate with being present um because so often when we become parents, we know that our children are our biggest growth opportunities. They will trigger us left, right, and center. They will bring up our own wounding of when we're kids. Yeah. The, stuff that we, the stuff that we swore we'd never do because our parents did it to us, then we suddenly start doing it. And we're like, where did that word come out of my, like, how did that come out of my mouth? I sound like my mother or my father. And, and it's, so when we get into Um, an emotional place, a triggered place where our unconscious patterns erupt and show up is when we're stressed, we're tired, and we're, you know, we're in an intense moment Mm. as parents. That's when our shadows come out. And I spend a lot of my time helping people understand their unconscious shadows and also not to judge them, first of all, Mm. because it all ultimately stems from our programming from birth to age seven. Mm. And that's a very critical time in in the um, brain development of a child and the soul of a child. And when we can understand our own triggers, then we can be responsive and not reactive to our children. We can look at a child's temper tantrum and think to that think to ourselves from a higher perspective. They're clearly stressed out right now. They're not feeling good, and this is their only way to know how to act out as opposed to us looking at that going, they're disobeying me right now. One is coming from the heart and the other is coming from the, from the ego. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we truly start to reframe how we understand our children, we can make a massive difference in the relationship with our children because our children are ultimately um, up till age seven, living in the adult equivalent of the adult, adult dream state in their brainwaves. So they are the equivalent, it's delta and theta brainwaves primarily. So the child doesn't have conscious thought until age seven. And so when a parent projects onto their child, well, if I was behaving this way, this is what I would be doing. Or they're observing behavior saying, well, the child must be d- disobeying me or defying me if they're acting this way. That's when we get into trouble. And so conscious mm-hmm. parenting allows you to, first of all, understand the biology and the the brain development, the neurodevelopment of your child, the soul development of your child, to where then you, you actually can become more of an ally with your child as opposed to a hierarchical, a hierarchical relationship. If people mm-hmm. see themselves as a conscious parent, as a spiritual partner of their child, and to help nurture them and to grow together, because the parent often grows more than the child. But when we see ourselves as a spiritual partner with each other, it takes away a lot of the 
situations and scenarios where we can get into a, a power struggle, which then mm-hmm. only creates a more adversarial, unsafe situation for the child. Mm-hmm. Um, unsafe meaning the way that their brain interprets what they are mm-hmm. experiencing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely beautiful. And I think the if I sort of reflect on the times where I have been incredibly triggered um, by Emily, because Sky is just uh, so brand new out of the the womb that she's I've just been in this little baby love bubble. She's she's done nothing to trigger me. Um, but yeah, if I think back to the times that I've been incredibly trigger, triggered by my, my eldest daughter, and I've potentially responded in a way that I am really not proud of, it, it actually it leaves a gut wrenching feeling the entire day because I've not responded in a way that I'm proud of, and I know that. I am meant to be the more, I'm, I'm the older one, I'm, I'm like conscious I should be, you know, nurturing her and be more understanding of her feelings and her emotions. And it's a horrible feeling when you do respond in a way that you're not proud of. But often if I reflect on the times that I've maybe responded in a very reactive way, it has been when I have been really rushing or stressed or exhausted and my cup has not been particularly full. So I think a lot of the parents that we've potentially got on Sisterhood platform at the moment, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do it all, you know, you know, you're trying to make sure you're looking after yourself. You're trying to be healthy and fit. Um, you're trying to be, you know, fashionable, dress well. You're trying to balance a career. You're trying to have your fridge full of nourishing foods, cook healthy dinners you know, and be the best parent that you can possibly be. And I think that when you are trying to be all, that's potentially when things can really tip over. And that's when you, you know, you do end up stressed and experiencing those feelings of burnout. You don't turn up as the best parent that you know you can be. Um, Could you sort of talk to how, as parents, we can go about um, identifying what are our triggers and finding ways to create better habits in terms of how we respond in times of stress or overwhelm when we are potentially our cup is starting to empty a little bit? Absolutely. I I do want to address that great question. And before I do, though, I do want to say address something that you just mentioned, because so often we are our worst critics as parents. And we think I'm trying to do the best I can. And I can't believe I acted that way. I I wish I hadn't reacted that way. And the number one thing about conscious parenting is is understanding that you're it's the most important thing is for your child to understand that you are human. Mm-hmm. You are not this perfect parent. You're not always going to be on your best behavior just like they are. And that there are times where they that, that you are not going to be your best self. And I think the most important piece of a conscious parenting journey is not to judge self and just to, number one, love self. Because the biggest thing that we do is we are modeling to our children. So when we mm-hmm. start to act in ways we don't like, or then we get defensive, or then we get embarrassed, or we decide, however it is, when we, your children are always watching you more than hearing what you're saying, especially through age seven. Right. And so it's when, when, when you blow up and you act the way you didn't, don't wish you acted, the best thing you can do later is, is talk to your child about it. Be like, I'm so sorry. I was not my best self. I was tired and I just should, you know, I'm really sorry, sweetie. I hope I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but I, you know, and just even if she doesn't consciously get it at her age, at age six, 
modeling that behavior of self-acceptance will then teach your child to accept themselves when they don't act perfectly, Mm -hmm. when they're frustrated and they wish they hadn't acted a certain way. So number one is not to judge self and to allow yourself and give yourself permission to be human and to always have that as an underlying tenet of your relationship with your child. Do the best you can. Just like what you would expect your daughters, right? Hey, I'm trying to be the best person I can be, but I don't always do it. Yeah. And I love myself anyway, and I accept myself, and I love you even though you're not perfect or even though you might misbehave sometimes or you might act out sometimes. I do too. I'm a parent and I still do it. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Yeah. So I just think that, cause I see, so especially when you throw in the term conscious parenting, there's almost like this elevated feeling of like, well, if I'm not conscious, then am I a bad parent? Not at all. It's just about being aware, catching yourself in the moment, catching yourself after the moment. If you don't catch yourself in the moment. Looking yeah. back and be like, oh, I really just wish I hadn't done that. Okay, great. Now do something mm-hmm. with that. So in terms of like noticing when you're triggered, the number one thing that I would say, the best tool is, first of all, you know when you are being reactive, right? Like you were saying, oh, yeah. when you're tired, you're stressed, you're in a hurry, and mm-hmm. you don't have time to pick out the outfit six different times. Like, we just got to get out the door, so can you just pick your outfit right now? Like, why are you having to be... Yeah used about what the shoes on just and i i still have that with my 17 year old by the way so that doesn't necessarily change well i'm I'm sitting there like we're just going to the grocery store you're not going to see anybody you know it's totally fine no mom you don't understand okay so um but i think the best thing to always ask yourself whether it's with your child or with your spouse or with a friend or a family member is when you, you you notice yourself acting in ways that you kind of go later, like, ugh, like you're sort of wincing, is yeah. to say, okay, what was that bringing up in me? What was the emotion I was feeling? So identifying the emotion. Is it like when you, you know, if you're triggered, is it because I wasn't being listened to? Or is it because I was afraid of being judged because I was going to be late? Like what is mm-hmm. underneath your emotion that you were feeling at the time? And it's going to be different for everybody. And yeah. when, so then you go, okay, so I felt like I wasn't being respected. I said, we needed to leave at this time. We're not leaving at this time. And, and so listening to your inner dialogue is the number one thing you can do to help identify what's triggering you. Because every trigger is a chance to heal. Mm-hmm. Every trigger is a chance to grow. And when we look at it and go, gosh, you know what? What's underneath this really is more, I was going, like, I know for me, I used to always get triggered a lot, especially when I had an audience. If I had other people around me, yeah, I was suddenly trying to, like, alter my parenting because I wasn't, a, didn't want to be judged by them. And then my daughter said, this is weird. This isn't my normal mom, the way she acts. And then she got uncomfortable. And I was worried about what everyone was thinking about my parenting and how my daughter was behaving and all this stuff. So for me, my trigger was, was like, I I used to get triggered a lot more when I had an audience and I felt the judgment of others or my perceived judgment of others. Perceived judgment. Yeah. That's, do you know what? I I just just took the words right out of my mouth there because I actually find that when I'm behind closed doors, I actually deal with situations so much better and with so much ease when I'm Mm -hmm. just in the family home. Um, But often I find that 
Emily can sometimes act in certain ways in group scenarios that she wouldn't usually act like when we're mm-hmm. when, when we're in company and that's when I'm like oh my gosh like how am I going to respond to this here and you are so correct you just summarized it beautifully it's pers- mm-hmm. because often people just look on with sheer kindness and just think uh been there you know been there done that before you know and it's there's there's no judgment coming but it is the perceived judgment from it and so it's really interesting that you just brought that up there because that's something that I genuinely feel it's just like the way that I respond behind closed doors and the way that I respond in more like group or social settings is completely different and it's like why is that and I've never really unpacked it before so I'm so interested to see how you where you follow on from that (laughs) Yeah, well, what was I, I was going to say in addition to that is it's, again, conscious parenting is the more that we understand about children and their development. I mean, no one wants to become a child psychologist and learn all that stuff. But I find that the more that we can look at things from the perspective of what our child may be going through and um, the more the less judgment we can have on their behavior. So, for example, you brought up the example earlier of you want her to be more social in social environments and she's sort of shy and quiet and doesn't really go out and integrate very much. That's I, I, In fact, I've done videos on this where it's like one of the biggest stressors is parents try to socialize their children too early. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it from your daughter's perspective, when you, when she's in your home, that is her safe place. She knows the area. She knows where she is. She knows who she is. And children bond very much primarily to mother, to the mom, up until about two or three. Then they shift over to dad because they've figured out the mom-child dynamic. So they're not ready and emotionally capable of truly integrating with more people because that's a scary situation for them. And some kids jump right in. It's just who they are. And Mm -hmm. others, though, if she's in a strange environment, you it's it's understandable that she would be a little more uncomfortable and not know how to act. Therefore, Mm -hmm. when she acts differently in public, it's because she's in an uncertain environment. So the more that as parents, we can be like, wow, she's not trying to act a certain way or she's not whatever it's she's literally uncomfortable the behavior is a symptom of her feeling of discomfort feeling unsafe feeling unsure and -hmm. when children are acting out like that it's typically when they most feel like they want to connect with the parent yeah so like right and they just like give them a hug I love you sweetie and then you know like make them feel safe Mm -hmm. even if they're screaming at the the grocery store it's like Mm -hmm make them feel loved it'll cause it so the more that we can kind of see things through the child lens understanding Mm -hmm. that their brain doesn't think the way that an adult thinks Mm -hmm. then we can then we can like push down our responsiveness or react reactivity our emotions our stress level Mm -hmm. because they'll react to to our stress level they're our barometer Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And the more calm we are and the more centered we are when there's chaos everywhere else, they'll feel safer and therefore yeah. less need to act out. Yeah, beautiful. And um, I, I definitely think it is important to just take that pause and reflect. Um, and what one thing that I do always try to do is when I do feel particularly triggered is actually maybe just like take a breath, take a pause and have a think before I speak. Um, I think, like, genuinely, it has been, um, you know, the times that I've just dove right in there 
I've just not had the the right response. So I think genuinely, just even sometimes if you need to just take that, take a couple of minutes, walk in the pantry and take a few deep breaths. Okay, sweetie, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back and have a chat with you in a few moments and then come back and you'll, you'll potentially come back into the situation and respond in a way that you're going to be proud of and coach them. And, that, and as you say, it's our responsibility as parents to create that safe space for our kids. And I think genuinely throughout, just in terms of just t- to touch upon the social thing with kids, um, coming from, you know, the world that we've all just lived in over the past two years, you know, we've all been in lockdowns and potentially yep. if you've been in a situation where your child is an only child, they've genuinely been surrounded by mum and dad or mum or, you, you know, the... Um, the the primary carer for two years, you know, and then to yeah. for your to expect your child to just integrate themselves into social settings, um, and you know know what to do, or you know it's 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 been a tricky a tricky time for kids to navigate through as well. Um, so Very. that's that's obviously something to be really mindful of as well. That's a good point, and and you know my heart has been breaking from the last two and a half years observing you know, mm-hmm. what has gone on in the world and, and the, but the imprint it's having on these young children, um, in terms of their brain development, in terms of the way that they see the world. And, you know, the, if you think about it, kids, kids communicate and, and sense their environment on energy. Mm-hmm. And so if they're put into an energy of fear, if they go out in public and people are staring at them and, you know, wearing something covering their face, they can't read so facial cues, they can't. And so if you think about it, these children have grown up in a in an environment very fear based. Yeah. And so there is a hopefully, the nurturing at home and everything has has helped that. But it's there's a lot to unwind. I even see it in my daughter's generation, you know, and they're in their teens. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do, I do believe in my soul that the the children that have come here at this time are here to play a very significant role. And they, they were meant to be here at this time during this crazy world in yeah. order to yeah. then change it, to make it better, to have their own experience. So the most, like I have, I always have to remind myself of that, but it is, it's a good point that depending on the home environment, if the home environment was very fear-based, you go out into a group of kids and one child might be terrified because they think they're going to get sick or something. And yeah, so we, as we have to also not judge other people for having their responses because their kids Mm. have literally been programmed. Correct. Mm. And, um, Georgie, I'm just going to throw this over to you because you're you're not a parent, right? But um, you do play a very important role in my children's mm-hmm. life, and um, that's such a beautiful relationship to watch evolve as well. And the one thing that I do love about um, having Georgie very much involved in my girls' lives is that she does come from a very spiritual place um and I love how you introduced like the whole the soul and the the spiritual Mm. side um of parenting so I'd like to throw over to you Georgie and I don't know what's something you've thought about yet but I'm sure you've got a couple of questions around that and yeah look I've just been sat here the whole time smiling and just seeing little baby sky just involved in this conversation I just feel like like you Erica I'm like this was meant to happen exactly the way it's meant to be happening right now and look I think reflecting on my childhood and I was doing a lot of that just hearing you both speak then like I had a great childhood right my my mum and dad you know they I do feel like they were present look they weren't perfect but who is right and I think that parents 
they do put a lot of pressure on themselves. There's a lot of, you know, mum guilt that flies around. If mum wants to go and do some exercise or mum wants to go and get a massage or mum wants to do anything, it's like, like Pam said, like, you know, your, your cup can run empty pretty quick if you don't prioritise yourself. And I think that is quite... I, it, it's quite, I'm very aware of it in our society. You know, I think like it's, you, you paint the picture of like, you know, you've got to spend time with your children, you've got to be there for your children. So, you know, for, for those mums listening to this right now that, you know, perhaps on reflection think, God, you know, I've, you know, naught to seven or oh my goodness, you know, like maybe I wasn't the best mum I could be all the time. Have I impacted my child in a bad way? Like, you know, what would you say to, to them? Because, you know, I think like we weren't aware of this. Like I look at my right. mum and dad, like they, they were just doing the best that they, they could. And I think when you know that the older you get, you realize that your parents are just people. They weren't mm-hmm. perfect. No one is. Right. So for those women and, and, the, and the men listening to this right now, that our parents, have older children that go geez I wish someone told me that from zero to seven I was literally programming my child like what do you say to them and what can they do to you know maybe you know heal any relationship with their child or you know sort of make that relationship stronger you know if they are that bit older well it's so I love that you're asking this because I get asked this a lot because it is it's one of those things where when you know better, you do better, but you can't judge or blame yourself when you didn't know better. Yeah. And the biggest thing that we can, that also we need to understand is that when it comes on, like on a spiritual level, everything is perfect. Your child came in and chose you as parents to be the perfect catalyst for their own soul growth journey. And same with your child came in to teach you certain lessons about yourself and about love and about caring. And so, you know, when we start to get into the self-blame and the self-criticism and I wish I, or did I screw my, I hear that all the time. Did I screw my kid up? No. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is no. And the other piece of that is that, Again, it all comes down to understanding. If we know that our child was wired to be more fear-based than, than, than faith-based, um, then we understand the way that they're wired. It's like, listen, my child kind of goes through the world more pessimistic than optimistic. But guess what? That can shift. Mm-hmm. That can shift. You can start today to be a conscious parent. You don't have to have been a conscious parent from before they were born. Today, the journey is from now forward. Mm-hmm. And children that, you know, see a shift in their parent and notice a shift and the parent caring about them, the, the number one thing is to have a close relationship with your child. Let them know that you accept and love them and you're there as a partner. Mm-hmm. Um but the, again, getting out of self-blame, but there's so much that children can grow and learn from this point forward. Um, I mean, I grew up, I didn't realize I was being programmed till age seven. And that's why, mm. you know, that's why if I focus on helping people early on or being or with caregivers, mm-hmm. then they'll already be a head start. Plus, they're already more spiritually advanced than we are, mm. quite frankly. Sorry. I read a book that really helped me deal with a lot of, you know, just some trauma and things like from, from my childhood. I think everyone's got trauma, whether it's micro or macro trauma, but it was Louisa Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. And that was the first time in that book where I linked that 
feeling disease in the body is linked to disease in our body, right? So when we're feeling stressed, anxious, angry, frustrated, irritated, all of those low vibration emotions, that can actually make us sick, right? They manifest as physical symptoms in our body. And when I read that, it was really profound because at that time I was going through something, um, I found some abnormal cells and it was quite a wake up call for me to be like, why, why are they there? Right. I don't believe that. I I do believe that we manifest all disease. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you're, if someone's sort of listening to this right now and you, you mentioned that you cured yourself from something that is incurable, which is absolutely incredible. And one of the best documentaries I've ever watched was heal. Um, and it was all about Mm -hmm. basically like natural healing and how, you know, like it it was, it was absolutely profound. So Let's say, you know, you you have identified that you've got some trauma, you've got it from your childhood, you've not really dealt with it, and it, things are starting to manifest in your body. What can people do? How can they, you know, heal themselves, essentially? And what 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 was your journey like that you went through? I'd love to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I actually... if. For If you want to go more in depth after this conversation, I actually have a podcast episode of mine where I go in more in depth about quantum healing because the documentary mm-hmm. heal that you mentioned was the best expo. People always used to be like, can you explain your, mm-hmm. your healing process of how you help? Because I, I do those healing sessions with clients or, um, I have over the last 15 years. So that process of understanding what is at the root cause of it is the most important thing you can do. Um now, I will say one of my biggest um, messages about healing is that one of the most disempowering things we can think is that somebody the, the solution lies outside of ourselves. Mm. I have to go to a healer to heal me. I have to go to a doctor to fix me. I have to go to whatever. And the solution is somewhere outside of ourselves. But truly, the solution does lie within us. And so, you're, you know, you with the, the Heal Your Life book, um, anytime someone has a health issue coming up, I'm automatically looking up in that book. Okay, so what's yeah. the exact affirmation that comes along with this? Because it's to me, it's the starting point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have the app on my phone. Um, Amazing. It's so funny. But, anytime, um, anytime any of us have got something wrong, George is like, get my book, get, get my book. Get I'll, find out, I'll, I'll find out what the root right. cause is. <laughs> well, because if you think about it, every um, everything that we are manifesting is meant to teach us and show us something. And so if we get an ache or a pain in our elbow or we get a test result that tells us something's off, it is there to teach us. And when it, we bring it to our conscious awareness and we un- ask, why is this coming up? What is this trying to teach me? What is this bringing up? Then we can shift and clear it. There's, pro- there's many processes you can do to do this. There are, um, I have a number of like energy sessions I've recorded um, to help that are self-guided for people. But it is something as, it can begin with something as simple as asking how is this relate in my life? Like, go look up. Like, what does it mean when you have a broken bone? Okay, it means this. So how is that relevant to my life right now? And then sometimes when you notice the pattern or you notice the reason, then the symptom can go away because the symptoms already brought it to your awareness and you go, okay, is this a real situation or is this just a perception? 
Mm-hmm. So everything is a lesson. Everything is a chance to learn. And so mm-hmm. without getting into all the different techniques, because there's, so, I mean, so many, I think the most important point is to see everything. Even if you stub your toe or you walk into, you bump into a wall and you hurt your left elbow. Well, what does the left side of the body mean? Ooh, that's the feminine. Maybe I'm having a hard time receiving or I'm getting, I'm mad at my mother and I haven't talked to her about it. You know, literally every little thing, there's no such thing as a coincidence. Mm. No, I completely agree. And you know what's really interesting? All of my symptoms are always on my left because for so many years I was so in my masculine because I grew up in a household where my dad was the, the breadwinner. He went out to work and I thought to myself watching that as a young girl to be successful, I need to work hard. I need to, you know, I need to go out. I need to hustle. I need to, you know, just always be on. Right. And I neglected my feminine and I, and I almost saw that as weakness, right. Because I didn't grow up watching, you know, my, my mom and, and it's just so interesting how like when I reflect, it's like, yeah, it was all to do with the left side of my body. And but just having that awareness that that in itself was empowering because I was like, right, well, that's something that I really need to tap into. And it is it is programming because I think we do live in a society where, you know, as women, we we're always kind of on the back foot right I do think that you know we don't get as many opportunities and and Pam and I have had many conversations on the podcast about this and we've witnessed it firsthand having a tech recruitment company just how women are left out of big conversations they're not getting their promotions you know because people are saying oh are you planning on having a family anytime soon and like this is unconscious bias that perhaps you know we're not even aware of but I think it's important to start having these conversations because as a woman myself I am trying to lean into my feminine a bit more I am learning I'm sort of learning to trust my intuition a bit more and and really sort of lean into the softer side instead of this frantic million miles an hour masculine energy that I've had throughout all of my 20s that actually caused me huge anxiety and mental health problems so Mm -hmm. and I think there'll be a lot of women probably listening to this right now that maybe can relate to that you know maybe they've gone oh god yeah maybe I am we live in a hustle culture like how can we unwind this like and what can we do as women to trust our intuition a bit more and and really lean into our feminine because I think that's what the world needs right now. We need more feminine energy. Um, the, the world is far out of balance at the minute. So yeah, any advice or thoughts on how women can really tap into their feminine? Give your, Number one, give yourself permission to. But what even though you can give yourself permission to, many people don't know how to. No, if you think about it, we, are, we have been programmed deliberately to be in a matrix of distortion of both masculine and feminine energy. And we are right now witnessing a rise of divine masculine and divine feminine on the planet. That is really what we are shifting through with all of these challenges. But I, I mean, I can relate exactly to your comment about not being in my feminine. I was in my masculine. I was a star athlete. I was a, mm-hmm. went to top colleges. I went and was in the business world. Like, you know, go, 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 conquer, conquer, conquer. Emotions are, are weak. Like, don't be a wuss. Don't be a mm-hmm. sissy. I mean, I got told that and I'm even a girl, you know, as an athlete on the tennis court. I was like, you know, um, but the the way that I, I think, first of all, it starts all everything always starts with the awareness is how can I nurture my feminine side? So how to nurture your feminine side? Literally simple things like taking a bubble bath 
turning on some music and dancing and getting the body moving. That is very feminine energy. It's very flowy. Um, the whole intuition conversation is it's a muscle you have to practice and start to trust mm-hmm. and have some fun with it. But a lot of times for, I even had, <laughs> I even told a male client of mine, cause he was so in his masculine and that I said, you need to go out and dance under the moonlight. Oh. And he was like, you've got to be, he goes, you've got to be kidding me. And I go, no, because you're so in your masculine right now. You've got to get into the flow and the receptivity which can literally simply be moving your physical body, um, nurturing yourself, allowing yourself to take a nap when you're tired and not letting the shoulds or the supposed tos tell you that you know you have too much on your to-do list because that's a masculine trait. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the biggest gift is to listen to your inner voice and begin to trust her. And I guarantee you she will not steer you wrong. It's how many times do you ignore your inner voice and then you get yourself on a pickle? Mm. Like, gosh, I should have listened to myself. I knew it. I knew I should have done that. So the more that we can listen, even when our logical mind or, you know, granted there's times we can't, but if we can listen to it mm-hmm. because of circumstances, if we can listen mm-hmm. to it and then we get the good result, then we can pat ourselves on the back be like, I knew what I was doing. And then you begin to trust her more. You begin to trust your guidance more as opposed to doubting it. But a lot of it truly is to have the awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, you've touched upon so many good points there again. And I love that you've just recommended having some bubble baths. Um, A bath (laughs) is literally one of my favorite things to do. I I step in a bath and I immediately feel myself just go, Oh, you yeah, know, the stress <laughs> just like I can feel the mm. stress just immediately leaving my body. I absolutely love having a good bubble bath and I love a good dance to some songs in the morning. Uh, I feel as though I find it very uplifting as well. Um, but I, I think a really good point there as well is actually giving ourselves the time to really tap into our own intuition. Mm. In terms of the way that we all run our lives at the moment, there's we we fill our lives with social media and picking up our phones and being on our laptops that the challenge is actually finding the space in your day-to-day lives to actually check in with yourself. Mm. And one of the habits that I've created um, over the past 12 months is on a Sunday... There's quite a number of hours throughout the course of a Sunday that I'll actually have my phone on aeroplane mode. And on a Sunday, I actually feel as though my day is really long. Mm. And it's because I'm not just filling it with mindlessly Mm. scrolling or, you know, looking through social media and losing hours. You lose literal hours. And I find that just creating that one day of space Mm. on a Sunday has been really powerful for me to be able to sit and potentially have those moments where oh my gosh I don't have anything to do um mm. so I'm actually just going to sit and let things come up and I bought myself a journal a couple of months ago and just just writing down a few things that that come into my mind and I feel as though it's just leaving you that space to actually get to know yourself a little bit better mm. um so that was just one thing that I thought I would I love that, that because that's all that space Because that also is how you develop your intuition. Because if you're constantly in your masculine energy, go, 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 there's no space. You know those people that are like they literally can't be in the car without turning on the radio? Give yourself some silent (laughs) thinking space. Because it is in those quiet moments when you slow down and you're present, 
you'll get your intuitive hits. You'll get your, Mm -hmm. you know, your best ideas. You'll get the solution to the problem Mm -hmm. you haven't been able to figure out. If you're constantly on the move, you will not hear the voice of your inner feminine. And I have to tell you, Sky was just talking so much while you were speaking. I loved hearing her. This podcast is going to be full of gurgles and gargles and oohs and ahs. It's the best sound ever. It's the best sound ever. Lending her energy to the conversation. She's finding her voice. I love it. She knows how to use it. It took me 37 years. I love it. Exactly. But Erica, I could honestly sit here and chat to you all day. This, This conversation has left me feeling just so warm and enlightened and just excited about having you just just I want to just take a moment of pure gratitude because I just feel like there's sometimes there's this alignment there's these people that just come into your life and I just instantly felt a connection to you when we we first chatted about Zoom and we talked to you about the sisterhood and what we were trying to do, which is obviously amplifying women, elevating women, helping women find their voice, giving them the tools that they need to design their lives, which is very much in line with what you're trying to do. So I just want to take a moment to thank you for you know, being here today for having this wonderful conversation for being in as part of our community. And I, I really want all of our women in the community to get to know you, to reach out to you. Uh, you know, so where can we send them for the women listening to this right now that want to get to know you more? Um, where can we, where can we send them? You know what? Um, probably I have a, a number of YouTube channels, um, but I think the simplest thing is to go to my website, ericaelements.com. It is not a very well-developed, I give you the heads up, I do my own website. There's not a lot of like stuff on there, but if they want to get to know me, sign up for my inner circle, which is just a free membership where I send out updates and videos if they ever want to stay in touch mm-hmm. to hear more about what I'm up to. They can go to my Erica Elmitz YouTube channel and there's a link to all my other I have four YouTube channels right now so you can kind of pick where where it is that you like but um yeah I look for I really I'm so appreciative of this opportunity to really expand into this beautiful Mm -hmm. world of what you guys are doing um Mm -hmm. how you're helping to empower women and I know for me it was the same thing I was like I don't even know what nfts really are all about but i'm like ready to I, it, it was just like a big fat yes because of that resonance with with what you guys are doing and i'm looking forward to meeting more of the community and um continuing to grow and evolve well Beautiful. i'm sure when we launch there's going to be lots of questions coming your way so we are launching on the 23rd of september and um, all of our sister holders will have access to your course and i'm sure at that point uh, you'll be inundated with messages of women going oh my god <laughs> i've just identified something and well can you help me here so <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you like maybe zoom in into our community or something just so you can answer any questions that women have and yeah and, and let's raise the next generation i think this is a big thing for me like not being a parent but wanting to have an impact on the younger generation is like they are the future right? We need to be shaping these young, beautiful minds in a way. And like you say, giving the opportunity to be who they want to be, not who society tells them to be. Not If they don't want to go to university, that's cool. They want to leave school when they're 16. That's okay. Like go and find yourself, go and have as many experiences as possible. Go and just make some mistakes, fail as many times as you want to, like live your life for you, no one else. That is the yep. key. That's what I want to say to any young being out there that is maybe feeling a bit lost. Like who the hell knows what they want to do when they're a young kid right i didn't 
but I'm sat here now running two businesses, you know, loving life, you know, but it took me, a, you know, 34 years to get there and, and I'm still f- figuring myself out, right? So it's okay to not, not to know what you want to do with your life and just be you, you know, that's the most powerful thing you can be because you're, you are unique and there's only one of you. So amazing conversation. Like I said, I could go on, I could just go on a tangent, but uh, Erica, absolutely wonderful to have you here today. So thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you so both. Much, and thank you, Sky, for being here too. <laughs> thank you for having her. This is this is her debut. <laughs> oh, I just I just I keep just staring. I keep I know I'm looking at you guys, but on the camera, but I keep staring at her and I'm just like, oh so precious. Oh, so thank you guys again interest. and thank you for all of this. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks, Erica. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please give a little share on your social. And if you have time, please leave a review. And I hope to see you next time. Take care.